0: So it's good to be back with all of you this morning. We had a marvelous time at the Elders Conference. Uh, we, I, I just got to tell you that the unity that the elders and their wives um, shared this week was phenomenal, and I've got some testimonies that I want to share with you today that um, where God was on the scene and God was performing Uh, in such a wonderful way for all of us that we became witnesses of some great things in in the things of God. And uh, so I want to bring those things to you, and we'll certainly share those things over time, but there are some things I want to share with you today that God will solidify not only to the elders, but also to each one of you as you continue your, your walk with God. And that walk in the word of God becomes very important to each and every one of us, does it not? And I'm, I'm very encouraged by all of you uh, and what God was, is, how God is working in each and every one of you to bring about uh, his desire in your heart. And as you're all, as your desire in your heart aligns with the word of God, that which God is doing for you and in you, you will begin to see marvelous things begin or miraculous things begin to take place in yourselves. And this is awesome. So those things will not be fleshly, right? Is everybody in agreement with that? Those things will not be of the flesh. Those things will be of the Spirit. And if they're of the Spirit, then they'll bring to you a remembrance of who you are in Jesus Christ. Not only of who you are in Jesus Christ, but it'll bring to you remembrance of Jesus Christ, the revelation of who He is. And why that revelation is so important and why God set it forth from the beginning that we would know the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is the whole point of your salvation today, that you would know Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Because that's where we begin to share uh, with Christ in the power of that resurrection and know that we are alive and that he is alive. That's where that testimony begins to take place. So, uh, I want to read this morning, I'm going to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 3, which is something that we have read so many times in the past and have referred to it so many times, but I pray that today there will be an anointing upon the word that we share. And as that anointing goes forth, you will be... Quickened in your own minds unto the unction of the spirit and you'll begin to meditate on that quickened word that will begin to bring forth thoughts in you that you know are God that you know that God is talking to you and you know that God has anointed that word in your mind to bring you to understanding and so I pray that for you all this morning so before we get started let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God father we just thank you for this time that we can come together as the body of christ and know that you are indeed the one true god that there's nothing in this world that can take us away from you for you you lord are the overcomer and you have put the power of the overcomer in each and every one of us that when we call upon the name of the lord we will be saved and we know that that salvation is true and that that salvation is glorious and it rains upon us because you reign upon us in, that, in the truth of who you are. So I pray, Father, this morning that the revelation of Jesus Christ will be known in us. And we will glory in it, and we will glory in the word that we hear, and we will stay in the meditation of our hearts when it comes to the word of God that is spoken and delivered unto us by your angel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we'll, we're going to do some reading this morning um, just because we need to. And uh, I want you to be attentive to that which is said in the Word of God so that you can begin to be provoked in a, an imagination in and of yourselves of what God, why God is coming to you in the power of His Word and what He is establishing in you uh, by coming uh, to bring you forth as His Son. Amen. Is that good for you this morning? I hope so. So I'm going to start reading uh, in verse 12 of chapter 3, and it says this, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, put, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, For until this day remains the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So how many of you know that there are thoughts of the children of Israel that work in you that are still bound to the law? How many of you know that? You should all know it because it's been ministered unto you much. You should all know. And whenever the reading of the word goes forth, what is what hides it from your understanding? That veil of the law that binds you, it's 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 that it's there and it keeps that word of God from uh, having its full effect in your mind and in your heart to bring you forth as a son. So it says, but their minds were blinded for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So when Jesus Christ was crucified, what happened to the veil is ripped in two. And a way into the holiest of holies was made for you. So Christ was crucified. The veil was ripped in, in two and you can enter into the holiest of holies. How many of you have entered into the holiest of holies and heard the good word of God? And if you have, I want you to stand up and testify of what you saw and heard in heaven when it it went forth. So these things become our salvation. These things are what are the motive of the heart of God for each and every one of us. This is why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to take away the veil that when the Word of God is read, what can happen to us? We can enter in to heaven itself and hear God speak and hear God give the answer, hear God give the interpretation to everything that God is wanting us to know and everything that God is wanting us to become. And that becomes extremely important to each and every one of us as believers in Jesus Christ, right? I hope so. Because... We're not to see ourselves after the flesh any longer. Let's go on. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So when, when the heart turns to the Lord, what's going to happen? The veil is going to be taken away. There's not going to be any veil upon that heart. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. I am the Lord's free man today. So when the veil is taken away, I can enter into the kingdom of heaven. I can enter into the thoughts of God. I can hear God make utterances which are not lawful for a man to hear. So how can I hear it? I am no longer In the mind of the flesh, I'm now in the mind of the Spirit. I have joined myself to God. I have joined myself to the thought of the Father. I have made myself available to the mind of Christ. That I might be one with Him. And this is the provoking that the Word of God is being given to you today. That you might join yourself to Jesus Christ and his gospel, enter into the mind of the Father, and hear the Father interpret all things in the revelation of Jesus Christ for you. Wow. To me, I think about those things, and it just literally lifts me off my chair, lifts me out of myself, and takes me into a place that uh, becomes my life in Christ Jesus. It's an awesome thing. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Now, this is where it becomes even more exciting. Because now if I'm in that place where I'm hearing God make interpretation, or God give the revelation of His Son in me, then we are now changed. You cannot enter into that place and remain the same. If you remain the same, you did not have an ear to hear. And it was a fabrication of your own thought. So even as Ellen uh, asked a question earlier this morning about something she heard uh, uh, an elder or a deacon say, that every word that we hear that causes us To be changed, are we hearing from God or are we hearing our own mind? Well, there's a test that God hath given us that if we are changed, if our thoughts are changed and we are beginning to know an interpretation of a thing, God has come to provoke you to righteousness, to change your mind, to deliver you out of a pattern of sin and to take you into a pattern of righteousness, a pattern of, pattern of himself, so that you will know and understand God. That's awesome. That is powerful, John. Now, but we all with open face. So if our face is open, is there a veil on it? No. The veil's been removed. I'm now seeing and hearing God face to face. Open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. So, Am I seeing myself or am I seeing the angel of the Lord? What am I seeing? I'm seeing the angel of the Lord. My mind has been changed. My perception, my consciousness of who I am is no longer of myself. It is now of who I am in the Father. Is Is that not what we have been preaching to you now for many years? It's not just been a month or two. I know that for a fact. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So my image then, this is where the imagination can fail us, right? Because we know that we have an imagination and we have allowed our imagination to tell us what it thinks God is, correct? But what if that imagination is? Isn't aligned with what the word of God is telling us I wonder if we have not joined ourselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ to where we are one in mind with the father. So when that revelatory speech of the father comes by the word of God, if we have not joined ourselves to the father, how are we going to hear it in our imagination? We're going to hear it in wickedness. It's going to deceive us. And it will tell us that what we're seeing is the Lord, and actually it's not. It's another God. It's a. At the conference, we call it the little G God. And the little G God is there for one reason, and that is to deceive you and to take you away from the Word of the Father. And so we're not here to establish the little G God, right? We're here to establish the big G God. And that big G God is going to overcome that little G God. And that little G God is going to be taken away. That we might hear the revelatory or the revelation of Jesus Christ by the word of faith. By the word of God. By the Holy Ghost. Amen. That is so important. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Now listen to this. But have renounced faith the hidden things of dishonesty. So one thing that we have always spoke and one thing that I have always said, that until you get to be honest with God, you will always fail yourself. Did you hear me? Until you get to be honest with God, you will always fail yourself. Always. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Wow. So is it better to be truthful or is it better to be dishonest, John? We better think it's better to be truthful. (laughs) Yeah, door number two, please. For sure. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the little G-God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of big G-God, should shine unto them. For now listen, for we preach not ourselves. Hear that. Little G-God wants to preach ourself. We do not have a gospel. Jesus Christ has the gospel. Amen? But Jesus Christ the Lord and ourselves your servants for Christ's sake. Amen. Those are powerful words. Those should be life-changing, mind-changing scripture that have come out of heaven itself to protect us. From the flesh that we might become and live in, the spirit of righteousness that comes from God. That's why those words were co- were written. That's why God spoke them. Now I want to take you to the Old Testament, in Exodus. Now I'm going to turn to Exodus chapter three. Now we just read in Second Corinthians two or Second Corinthians three eighteen, right? And we looked into a what? We're looking into heaven. Yeah, we're looking into the glory of God. And all of a sudden, I don't when I look by the word of truth, the word comes to me and I look. And all of a sudden, what I see has been changed because I've entered into a higher level of consciousness. My perception by the word of God has been changed. Correct. And so now instead of seeing myself in the mirror, who do I see? I see God I see the man Christ Jesus and by the Spirit of the Lord I am changed into the same image in other words how I perceive myself is taken away and how God perceived perceives me has now been given and that the angel of the Lord is now made known in me as God knows it in other words my thoughts have aligned with the Father I become one with God. What did Jesus say in the 17th chapter of the book of John? That you be with me where I am. And in order to be with him where he he is, what has to happen to you? What do you have to do? What's your part in it? You have to join yourself to Jesus Christ. You have to become one with him. So let's go to this third chapter in the book of Exodus, and I'm going to start reading there. We may read for a while here. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Mount Oreb. Now, listen. This is we, we when we've read these things, we've, we've taken it so lightly in our minds. But listen. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire. What just happened to Moses? What happened to Moses thoughts? Joined one with the Father. This couldn't happen unless Moses was meditating in the Word of God. And I'll, I guarantee you, Moses was not happy in Egypt. Even though, did Moses have a pretty tight place with Pharaoh in Egypt? Yeah, he did. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. But the those things did not compel Moses to want to be an Egyptian and to live in Pharaoh's house. No matter what he had in the riches of this world, they could not compel him to live in this world. They just couldn't do it. He knew in his mind that it was vanity and there was something greater that had to be achieved. Something greater that had to be heard. Something greater than himself that had to come forth. So he said, He's got his father-in-law's sheep, and he's on the backside of the desert. And the angel of the Lord appears unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. So, he begins to align his thoughts with God, and the first thing that God does for him is shows him what? What does God show him? His angel. And it is the same for you. Hear me. So, if I'm adjoining myself to the Word of God, then am I reading the Word of God? Can I join myself to what I'm reading in the Word of God and know that it is God? And be a, and a, begin to allow that same Word to put the imagination of God in my mind and in my heart that I might see the glorious things of God? Who creates heaven and earth for you? I know you're going to tell me God, which is true, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So how do I enter? How do I begin to imagine a place uh, that is called heaven? How do I begin to imagine a place that's, be, that's called the kingdom of God? And how do I enter in if I don't believe the word of God? For some reason, we think some magical thing is going to happen that just because I show up or just because I read the Bible it's something's going to take place in me. That is not true. It is time for us to be allow the Word of God to awaken us to the imagination and thoughts of the Father. Amen? Because God ordained it before the world began. Right, Frankie? Isn't that where He set it forth? So it's only in the imagination of God that these things can now be revealed and made known to us that when I open my mind and join myself to the Word of God, as soon as I become one with it, all of a sudden the angel of the Lord is known and I can see the kingdom of heaven and the righteousness of God is made known in me. And it's not a lie. It's not a uh, mythical story. It's not uh, something that's not true. Uh, It's not something made for fairy tales. It's not something that is made to entertain the mind. It is written for our admonition so that we will know that He is God and that without Him we can do nothing. That's why it's there. Whether we're reading in Genesis or whether we're reading in Revelation, all of it is the revealing of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who you are in Him. Is that not, is that not what you desire in your heart? There's not one person sitting listening to my voice this morning that doesn't hasn't pursued the things of God so that they will know who they are in the father and where the gift of God that Jesus Christ gave when he ascended on high and gave gifts unto men that they would know the diversities of the gift of God in knowing their angel and entering into the kingdom of heaven. They would know who they are in the father and the diversities of those gifts would begin to work in their minds so that they can save the world that God set in their hearts. That's why it's there. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned without fire, burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. So it wasn't the bush that was burning. What was burning? My God is a consuming fire. Do you think God is teaching now, or teaching Moses now that he is a consuming fire and that when he embraces that all-consuming mind of God, that Moses' mind also will be consumed and Moses can join himself to the Lord and begin to know the things of God? It's a surety. that's the why these things are being said. Now listen to Moses, I will now turn aside. And see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Now, what's Moses' part? Turning. He had to join himself to the Lord. And when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Or here am I. Right here, Lord. I'll be here. I'll be here. I am here. Let me jump over to Isaiah real quick. In the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. So we're, how did He get there? How, in his, how did He get into the thought where he saw the Lord sitting on His throne, high and lifted up. How did he get there? What did he have to do? He had to join himself to the Word of God, the Word that God had spoken to him. He had to believe God and join himself to that Word, and that Word took him in. That Word changed his perception. That Word changed his consciousness and took him in. It's amazing how we think that we can join our or get a word from God and not be changed in our consciousness or our perceptions of how we think the, who the Lord is. Right. It's amazing how we allow that in ourselves. Above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings and with two he covered his faith with two he covered his feet with two he did fly. And one cried unto another saying holy 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. What's filled with his glory. The earth, the earth. So when I join myself to God, do I begin to see a new heaven and a new earth? Does it not become changed? Is my consciousness of who I am, and where I am, become changed by the very glory of the Father? Absolutely. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of Him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. There's power there, is there not? There's power in you by the Holy Ghost. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When he saw the Lord, he knew he was what? Unclean. He knew it. Wow, I stand before the throne of God, and one thing I know about myself is that I am one dirty son of a gun. I am unclean. I don't deserve this. Why am I here? Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. Oh, What was that altar of sacrifice? Whose blood was poured out upon it? The Lord's. It was God's sacrifice. God sacrificed Himself. We talked about this many times. And when He began to make it known in the mind of Isaiah, it had power, and it has power in you, and you know it and believe it. And He said, and He laid it, excuse me, He laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Can you Get yourself in a place in your imagination where you hear the Word of God and it begins to cleanse your sin and your iniquity and cleanse your mind so that when you receive the Word of God in purity, in truth, it makes it alive unto the Father. And you don't see this. When that takes place, you do not see the same way anymore. You now see differently. Your perceptions, your consciousness of life has become real. And you don't struggle with things in the earth. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. So, Moses saw. Isaiah saw. What did they both say when they saw it? Here I am, Lord. They joined themselves to the Word of God and they said, Here I am. Send me. Powerful. This is the will of God in His own mind for you. We read in the New Testament in 1 in, uh, Corinthians uh, Especially in chapters 12, 13, and 14 when it talks about the diversity of gifts, right? And in those things, does God not begin to unveil in the mind, in the imaginations of your mind, does He not begin to unveil how the diversities of Himself in His own thought begin to work in the body of Christ so that the body of Christ works in the functions of the body of God to where we as the body of Christ now show forth the mind of Christ in all of its fullness and that we have prepared ourselves for the Master's use. That's awesome. It's glorious. So, saying those things this morning and and. Having much to testify of today, I want to tell you for a fact, as one who has received the testimony, one that has received the witness, that our God is a righteous God and that He is a healer of the hearts and the imaginations of men. And God confirmed it to us this week at the conference in Donnelly. We saw, and I when I say that, I'm not just talking seeing it in the Spirit, but God made it manifest to us the power to heal the mind and the heart's And men and women were joined together as one in Jesus Christ. It was awesome. Very powerful. Very real. And both knew why they were there to celebrate the Word of God in that testimony. And it was glorious. In fact, I call it earth-shaking. And I'm not talking about the physical earth, right? I'm talking about this one right here. It shook heaven and earth. That's how powerful it was. To make itself known as a testimony of Jesus Christ in all men. It was awesome. Our God is a healer and He's healing you even with my speech this morning. Amen? You know, there is one here who sits amongst us that's my friend Ted, who has received the word of the Lord. Gary asked you to testify of it a couple weeks ago, right? So what I want to say to my friend Ted this morning is, that word that you received, it is true. And it needs you need to open your mind up to what it has said and let it begin to bring forth that word of God in your heart. Because when you do, that woman right there will become the reflection of everything that God has said in you. And bro, it needs to come to pass. Same for my wife, same for every elder's wife and every deacon's wife and every woman that this ministry covers, it shall be so. That means you, Lou. That means you, Frankie. It shall be so. Lou said to me after Bryce died, you are now my covering. That was heard by me. And it was heard by God in the remembrance of it. And it shall be established. That is awesome. And God is beginning today to bring forth the healing and to establish His power by that Word and change the imagination and hearts of men to where they know. Not just assume or say it in word, because we have all said that we are sons of God. No, that's not it. What God is going to do is establish it and make the manifestation or the fruit known in each and every one of you as it is in us. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to close with John, the 17th chapter, starting with verse 21. This has been read many times, but it's not. isn't it time to get a new imagination when it comes to the Word of God? That they all may be one as you, as thou, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe. Now, what world? The one in you, the one that God sent you to save. That's where your generations are. That's where the generations of Jesus Christ are. That the world may believe that you have sent me and the glory which you gave me i have given them that they may be one even as we are one so how does christ identify with us how does he do it we we are the same as he is we are joined together with him by the word of god by the word of his power i and them and you and me that they may be made Perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and has loved them as you have loved me. So, who's the, who, who's the, who's going to get revealed? That the world may know what? Jesus. That the world may know Jesus. How's the world going to know Jesus? I know. I know. Because I know Jesus. I know Jesus. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. Now, where is he? Where is is he? Oh, he's within, but where? Say it louder. At the right hand of the Father. Ruling in power. So, then, where do you sit? Oh. So when I join myself to Christ and the mind becomes one with the mind of Christ, I rule with Him on the throne of God, overcoming sin, death, the devil, and anything else that comes against the Word of God. Father, I will that they also, whom Thou hath given Me, be with Me where I am, that they may behold My glory, which You have given Me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, the world has not known who you are, but I have known. And these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared now, this is your work. And I have declared to them your name. And will declare it, that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. So, when my mind and my heart become one with God, the fruit of my lips begins to declare the love of the Father, Can you think of any greater work of Jesus Christ than to declare the love of the Father that sent His Son into the world, put Him on a cross to overcome sin, death, and the devil, that you might be one with Him in heavenly places, that you may also declare the love of God unto the world. Are we blessed today? We are blessed and we reign with Him, when we join ourselves with Him in that one mind, that one heart, that the world may know that He, and He alone, is God. I hope that this has blessed you this morning, and I pray that you will entertain these sayings in your heart much over the next several days, and that these things will become the reality of your mind, your heart, and your speech in the days to come. Amen. God bless you today.